0: Today I'd like to talk about training in the Buddhist teaching. The practice of the Buddhist teaching is a training, a training of the mind. So when we come to practice meditation, we have to see it in the right sort of light. When we're practicing meditation, we're not simply looking for kind of an escape Uh, A peaceful um, sort of vacation From the everyday troubles and difficulties that we have Meditation is like any sort of training Or any sort of study, study that we do Any learning experience that we undertake The idea is that we come out of it with something new With something more than we went into it In with So, what was it exactly that the Lord Buddha had us trained in? The Lord Buddha had us trained in three things, and this makes up the practice of Buddhism. Another, it's another important uh, way to explain is that when we talk about Buddhism, we're not talking about faith or belief or theory. Buddhism is a training. So not only is the meditation a training, Buddhism is the training itself. The teaching of the Lord Buddha was a training, not some simply something that he wished for us to believe or to um, study or, th- or think about, but uh, all of the Lord Buddha's teaching was for the purpose of training ourselves. So we train ourselves in three things. The first thing we train ourselves in is what we call morality. The second thing is uh, concentration, or more focus of mind, and the third is wisdom. These three things make up everything. The whole of the Lord Buddha's teaching. The beginning of the Lord Buddha's teaching is morality. In the middle of the the middle of the practice of the Lord Buddha's teaching is concentration, and the final, the ending of the. the The peak or the pinnacle of the Lord Buddha's teaching Is wisdom So These three things constitute What what we mean by When we say Buddhism or The the training, the practice of the Lord Buddha's teaching So what is morality What is concentration, what is wisdom Morality uh, The very basic Beginning of the Lord Buddha's teaching Is the practice of training our body and training our speech, giving up bad, unwholesome, unskillful actions and speech, which would otherwise lead to suffering for ourselves and suffering for other people. So when we we first come to train, the first thing we have to learn is what are the things which um, are going to lead to suffering for ourselves and lead our minds to become upset if we undertake these things. So when we do certain things, we we understand that these things are, are going to get in the way of our spiritual development, are going to block us from attaining concentration and wisdom. So the very beginning of the Lord Buddha's teaching is to give up these certain things which are Unwholesome, unhelpful, unbeneficial to ourselves, and unbeneficial to other people. It's the very beginning of any religious or any holy, any spiritual life. And it's the very basis of the Lord Buddha's teaching. It's called morality. So, what are the things which are unwholesome to do? These are not to kill. Uh, the things which are unwholesome are killing, uh, stealing. Uh, sexual misconduct adultery these are the things which we consider to be the very basis of morality the abstention from these things is the very basis of spiritual practice because when we undertake these things, when we undertake killing or or even just hurting or uh, attacking or beating other people it's impossible to think that our mind should somehow calm down and we should come to a, Understand Reality for what it is In a way you can look at it That we're actually perverting reality We're going against Some sort of um, Vibration Which exists in the universe We have this feeling in ourselves That we don't want to die And that death is something uh, Something undesirable for, us, for ourselves And then when we go and bring this about on, on other living beings whether they be animals, insects or even unborn yeah, embryos or so on somehow it, it actually disrupts the, the nature of the universe and creates a, a sort of a chaotic a unsettled a sort of a ripple in the fold of the universe when you practice meditation you can feel this you feel the real aversion to doing these things to killing, to stealing. And you can feel how it actually creates some sort of uh, uh, disturbance in in the reality around us and create suffering for ourselves and, of course, for other beings. And the things which we refrain, these are the things we refrain from in terms of bodily action. And then in terms of verbal uh, speech, we also refrain from there are many, th- many sorts of speech which uh, we refrain from as well. So we refrain from lying, we refrain from harsh speech, hurtful speech. We refrain from uh, useless speech, speech which is not necessary, just gossiping or chatting. And we refrain from divisive speech, speech which is meant to split people up or saying bad things about other people behind their backs or, or so on. Uh, saying things which are meant to hurt break up friendships and so on, we refrain from these things as well because they create disruption in our mind. They're, most people most uh, moral people in the world would agree that these are, are are unwholesome or unbeneficial things, and when we undertake them, they only lead to suffering for ourselves and for others. then we're best to give them up. So the first part of the Lord Buddha's teaching is simply to give certain things up. Uh, but it, it also it goes a lot deeper than that, because simply learning about these rules is, uh, is often not enough for us to actually give these things up. We can say to ourselves, okay, when I'm, when I'm here I know that I can't do this and this and this and these are the rules... But when the opportunity comes up, we might very well go ahead and do these things. And this is because our minds are not yet trained. So training in morality is actually very much a part of what we're doing here in our walking and our sitting. Because as we get closer to reality and closer to understanding the reality of everything we do, every time we act, what what is the reality of the action? What is the nature of the action? When we speak, what is the nature of the speech? what's going on in our mind at the time when we do these things, then we can really and truly give these things up from the heart. So when the opportunity to kill or to steal or to hurt other beings comes up, we simply refrain from, we we feel averse to doing so. We feel averse to uh, creating suffering in other beings, knowing that this is something which creates suffering in ourselves as well. And so the Lord Buddha separated morality into, into four different parts. The first is actually studying the rules, studying the certain things which uh, are agreed as to be unavoidably unwholesome, things like killing. It's, it's impossible to say that you could kill someone, kill a, a living being intentionally you know, without having any unwholesome motivation. Or when your mind is pure, it's impossible to say that you could actually do such a thing, intentionally. Uh, so the first is simply just to know what these rules, what these things are, what the various things which we consider to be unwholesome in terms of bodily action or in terms of our speech. The second part is guarding our senses, guarding the, the, the cause for, for the breaking of these rules, breaking our morality. So the reason why we kill or steal or hurt other beings, uh, say bad things, do bad things, is always because of something which we experience, whether it's something we see or something we hear or something we smell or taste or feel or think. That leads us to want something that we maybe can't, that isn't ours, and so we find some way to get it uh, unho- in a immoral way. Or something which is... Uh, uh, something which is unpleasant to us to such an extent that we wish we do something to get rid of it, which is also immoral. And so, the practice of meditation, a very big part of the practice of meditation is simply guarding these sense doors, guarding our our eyes, guarding our ears, guarding our nose, our tongue, our our body and our, our mind. So that though we may see things, we don't... Continue this, the, we don't make more of the sight than it actually is. When we see something that we want, instead of chasing after it immediately, we understand it for what it is, that it's something which has arisen, something which is going to pass away. It's something which comes and goes, something which arises at the eye. It's simply light touching the eye. It's a sight. When we hear things, instead of getting angry or upset or, or becoming attracted to the sound. We simply know it for what it is. We say to ourselves, "Hearing, hearing,", hearing reminding ourselves of what it is. So as we say to ourselves, "Hearing, hearing, hearing," the mind isn't isn't able to go further with it. Isn't able to ch- uh, create more, make more of it than it actually is. And so there there arises concentration as a result, because of the morality, keeping the mind uh, from chasing after the the sensation, the experience, the object. There arises a concentration as a result. And the same with the nose and the tongue and the body and the mind. So sometimes even just thinking of things, we see someone and we remember what they did, the bad things they did to us, and as a result this leads us to want to hurt them as well. we think this, we think that, we want to... Our wanting or it comes from the things we think we would enjoy, or so on. When we guard our mind and we say thinking, thinking, the thinking is unable to uh, unable to continue, is unable to proliferate and become more than simply thinking. There arises no liking or disliking, no judging of the thought, no judging of the object. This is a, another important part of morality, is keeping the mind from, from uh Chasing after, bringing the mind back to the original object. When we see something, bringing the mind back to the seeing part of it and not letting the mind wander off into liking or, dislike, uh, or disliking or judging the object. <coughs> Another important part of morality is uh, our livelihood, our lifestyle. And this is, in some ways you could say it's the extension of, of, ba- of good or bad deeds. So we say there are certain things which are unwholesome, which are immoral things to do. Well, it's not to say that when if you've done these things in the past that you can't come and then come and practice meditation. But when these things such as killing or stealing or adultery or lying or, or so on and so on, when they become a livelihood for those people who live based on these, who make a living based on these. Immoral uh, trade Or immoral uh, ways of, of acting or speaking uh, When it becomes a livelihood This is, this is where Or th- this is the point, point of no return, you could say Where a person who is engaging in such a livelihood Will have a very difficult time coming to practice meditation This is also another very important part of, of morality Is keeping your livelihood uh, on track not engaging in in trade of uh, alcohol or trade of uh, weapons or trade of poisons, trade of uh, living beings uh, or so on trade of things which are clearly involved with the breaking of precepts, uh, and also in terms of you know living living a, li- a livelihood which is uh, which is in tune with the meditation practice. So not chasing after money just for the sake of getting rich or for the sake of getting more and more and more. Livelihood in some sense means taking what you're given. You know, The example is of a, um, a, m- a monastic who uh, simply re- re- takes whatever they receive, whatever is given to them, and doesn't go out looking for things more than they already have. In, in, unless they're sick or looking for medicine they don't, they don't ask or request for anything They simply take whatever is given to them uh, Whatever they have, they, they are content with And so we can take this as an example or We can understand the, um, the way of life Which was uh, uh, taught by the Lord Buddha Of being content with whatever we have when we live our lives, not to need more and more and more and bigger and better and more beautiful and more uh, exotic and more luxurious, but simply being content and working only enough to to keep ourselves alive, to keep ourselves going and to keep ourselves in a way of life which allows us to practice, allows us to train ourselves. This is an important part of morality. And the the final part of morality is... uh, it goes goes together with that is uh, considering the things that we have, you know, using things for wisely, not using things to bring you know, bring about just more and more sensual pleasure, but using things for a purpose. You know, when we have clothes, we use the clothes to keep us warm, to keep us cool, um, to keep insects off of our bodies, and to keep our bodies covered. Uh, we use food simply to keep ourselves alive so we can continue to practice, not to make us big and strong or to, uh, to make us feel good or uh, not eating just for, for a snack or for pleasure, uh, out of fun or so on. Uh, but eating simply so that we can continue doing training ourselves, using sh- uh, our shelter, using our bedding and so on. When we have a bed Or a, a sleeping room <clears throat> it's means not sleeping Oversleeping But simply using our bedroom For the purpose of pri- training ourselves So we have a quiet place To do walking meditation And sitting meditation And do lying meditation But not to sleep Not using our, our bedroom As a place to sleep For hours and hours and hours With no benefit because when we sleep so much, then we ha- we lose all this time to, that we could be training ourselves. And when we wake up again, we haven't we've been out of training for so long that it's very hard for us to get back into it. And And the final is medicine as well. using medicine only for the purpose of um, really and truly, uh, overcoming sickness and disease, not simply taking painkillers so that we don't have to feel the pain or uh, taking drugs so that we feel feel happy all the time and so on, not simply relying on on these these pills like a drug addict, but taking whatever medicine we can be sure is going to not have side effects and not hurt our body but it's going to um, alleviate the sickness it's going to Uh, help with the remedies so things like vitamins and uh, things like herbal medicines which uh, help the body fight off sicknesses and so on Uh, so using medicine simply for what they're they're meant to do not using them to hide or to run away from unpleasant situations and so this is altogether this is um, the Lord Buddha's teaching on morality this is the basis of the meditation practice the basis of the Lord Buddha's training and it's for the purpose of bringing up concentration Because when we stop doing so many, all of these many, many things Which distract the mind and create unwholesome states of mind Then our mind starts to calm down you know, When we start guarding the senses And seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking Our mind stops, run, stops chasing after these things Stops running, running around It starts to quiet down, starts to calm down and it starts to live and be more comfortable with reality, not having to chase after concepts and and ideas and illusions and dreams and so on. We're able to be here and now much more of the time. And so concentration arises. And concentration in the Lord Buddha's teaching is uh, of three kinds. The first kind of concentration is where you you focus specifically on, on a single object, like when you're watching television or when you're using the computer. But in in the meditation practice it, it we go we go deeper than that and we watch simply a, a it's like watching a the telev- television when it, television when it's off. You are know, watching a single color or a single picture that doesn't change. You're watching a, a white circle on the walls Uh, Staring at something, staring at a candle flame, for instance. Staring at the earth, staring at a pool of water. Uh, Or or thinking about something uh, continuously. Thinking about the Buddha, thinking about about many, many different things. Or thinking about love, sending loving kindness out to all beings. Uh, In a single, keeping the mind on a single object Just spreading love throughout the whole universe Or thinking about the Buddha all of the time Thinking about something until the mind becomes fixed and focused When you look at a a flame And you look at the flame until you can close your eyes and you still see the flame And then eventually your mind is only a, a single flame and this is one kind of meditation where the mind, uh, where the mind becomes fixed, where the mind is absorbed. We say in the object. This is not so useful immediately for, for the purpose at hand because we're trying to learn. We're trying to learn about ourselves and about reality. So here we've created something in our minds, which is a, you could say is an illusion, as a mental construct but if we then use that we can then look at the reality of it and we can use it for vipassana for insight meditation to bring about wisdom but for our purposes it's not immediately useful so we're we're, we're not really going to spend uh, any time training this in this one we can understand that this is this can arise for meditators sometimes sometimes your mind fixes on a certain object but then we're going to try to move on and to uh, use that as our object and see uh, use the concentration as an object and see that it's actually impermanent and let go of whatever it is that it, that we're fixing on so we're not going to purposely try to fix our mind on anything the second type of me- of concentration is is very similar to this one but it's uh, simply considering a certain thing from many angles say so this is where the, this is the mindfulness of the buddha when we uh, think about the Buddha and we consider all of his uh, good qualities and so on or when we think about the parts of the body and we think about uh, how they their, their nature and their color and their place and so on, the hair on the head the hair on the body, the fingernails the teeth, and we, so we look at our body and break it up into parts and because we're considering it from many different angles our mind doesn't become focused but it does become calm and this one we're also not going to spend much time on because uh, it also is based on concepts. It's based on um, sort of the idea of the hair on our head, even though we don't actually see or even feel the hair on our head, we start thinking about it. And because it just comes up in our mind as a, as a thought, we can't really use it to cre- create wisdom and to understand reality. It's not really real at the moment when we think about it. You know, we're not experiencing the, the hair on our head, for instance. But it is a cause for concentration to arise. The concentration which we're trying to make arise here, though, is concentration based on reality. So, for instance, when we say to ourselves, seeing, or when we say to ourselves, hearing, or when we're watching the stomach rise and fall, when we say to ourselves, rising, falling, rising, falling, fixing the mind on reality, on what's really happening in the here and now, on what's going on in the world around us, in the world inside of us. And this is important because this does bring about wisdom. As we focus on the reality inside us and the reality coming in through the doors, the six sense doors from the world around us, uh, wisdom and understanding about these things arises. Because all of the problems that come up, they have their core, their, their root in reality. There's no concept that could give us, that could be a cause, a true cause for us to, to suffer. It all has to have some basis in reality. For instance, when we think about something bad that someone did to us, well, there's a cause for our suffering, and that's the thought. It has nothing to do with the concept of the person who who did the bad thing to us, because that's past, that's not real anymore. What's real is this thought which arises in the mind. Or when we see someone uh, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're attacking or they're doing bad things to us, we say to ourselves, seeing when when we know the seeing, or seeing something that we don't want to see, someone doing something that we don't want them to do, for instance. Uh, we say to ourselves, seeing see, see, the seeing is the reality, and uh, normally we we fall, we don't like it, or we see something we want. Now, when we you know, when we when we focus on the reality of it, instead of focusing on the person or the thing or so on. We simply focus on the reality, the problem disappears, and the the, the wanting or the needing uh, is not able to arise, and this is because there's a certain wisdom, an understanding of it simply for what it is, and we come to see it as uh, something which arises and ceases, something which um, is only real in insofar as, or the reality of it is only the seeing, and the person, the place, or the thing, or so on, the object of our desire or aversion is actually just a concept which arises in the mind. So, this concentration is what we're trying to develop here. It's called momentary concentration. It's based on one moment after one moment after one moment. And this is why um, con- continuity in the practice is so important because our concentration is only one moment at a time. And if we're not able to continue our practice and practice every moment from from moment to moment to moment, then it's impossible that our mind is going to become fixed, that our mind is going to really see things clearly. Because every moment we have to train ourselves to come back, Then, if we go off and we're not mindful for some time, when we come back we have to train ourselves again and again and again and and come back from, from nothing. To get our our minds back on track But when we do fix our mind on the present reality Again and again and again at every moment Then slowly our minds are able to This concentration develops And every moment after moment after moment We get stronger concentration And we're able to thus see the object clearer and clearer And and less and less of this liking or disliking or judging of things Is able to arise and this is how true, true wisdom is able to, is able to uh, come into being, how we're able to come to understand the truth of, of the reality around us. And so now we come to wisdom. This is the, the consummation of the Lord Buddha's teaching, the uh, final part of the Lord Buddha's tr- uh, training, the training that the Lord Buddha taught. And wisdom is of three kinds as well. And Only one kind comes up in meditation, but just so that we can understand what is meant by wisdom, there are many things we could mean by by the word wisdom. The first is wisdom from hearing or from reading. So when we read about this or that, when we read about the Buddha's teaching, when we read about meditation, or we hear someone talking about meditation, and we, we keep it in memory, this is considered to be a sort of wisdom. It's necessary, because without it we would probably never have a chance to practice or we would practice um, uh, sometimes correctly sometimes incorrectly not, not, not able to follow the path because we don't have a clear idea of what is the, the right way to practice so it would be very difficult for us to gain any sort of uh, real and true wisdom so this first type of wisdom is, is actually important but we can't rely on it if we rely on listening or, or on Reading books about meditation or so on, and they say it's like uh, reading a menu. In the end, you don't you don't feel you still feel hungry. You aren't able to to uh, become satisfied simply by reading the menu. And the second type of wisdom is the wisdom which comes from uh, thinking. So, when you once you've heard someone talking, or you've heard some heard some teaching, or you've read something about. Meditation. then you go to think about it and you try to understand how to put it into practice or what it means or so on. And try to uh, get some understanding of, of what has been said and try to get a, a good picture of, of uh, the meaning of what has been said. This is a kind of wisdom once you come to understand what has been said, what has been taught, and when you read and you're able to put together various teachings, this is also important so that you can then go ahead and practice it. But on the other hand, if you just sit around thinking, it is is—it uh, is also uh, of very little use to us. Because simply thinking about it, 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 there's still no understanding and no realization. And so you're still not sure, is it going to lead you anywhere, or what is it going to lead to, or so on. And there's no... There's still no practice, so it's uh, simply thinking about the the benefits. They say it's like when you hear someone talking about an elephant. If you've never seen an elephant, when someone describes to you what is an elephant like, this is like when you hear about meditation, when someone explains to you about meditation practice. And when when someone tells you about an elephant and then you chase after the elephant, you go looking for it and you see the footprints of the elephant... This is like thinking about meditation practice When you think about how it is that you do it And when you try to put it all together in your mind And you and you consider in your mind Which is the right way to practice Is this the right way, is that the right way This is like chasing after the elephant But then when you finally re- realize When you finally um, come to see the elephant When you chase after the elephant in the forest And you finally come to meet with a real live elephant well, they, This is, they say, is like when you actually put, your, put yourself to the practice, and you come to realize for yourself the truth um, of the experience, when you come to understand the reality of the experience. This is like meeting with the elephant itself. And so this is what we're aiming for in the practice. We're aiming to come to understand without any thinking. So we're, we're not. the intention is not to sit there and say to ourselves, rising, falling, and, and, uh, and to, to think about, you know, oh, this is impermanent, this is, uh, this is suffering, this is non-self, to think about the, all of the teachings that we've heard and uh, try to analyze the experience. When we simply say to our, when we simply watch the rising, watch the falling, watch the movements of the body and watch the uh, feelings that arise and the thoughts that arise and the emotions that arise, then we come to see for ourselves without ever having to think or ever having to study or ever having to analyze. We come to see many things about these things. We come to see what things are good and what things are, are useful. What things are not so good and not so useful. And we're able to distinguish and we're able to... Uh, we're able to decide for ourselves and we're able to change many things about ourselves. We're able to change those things which create suffering for ourselves and create suffering for other people. So this is the training which we're undergoing here. We're training ourselves in, in three stages. The very beginning is simply to stop the mind from wandering, stop the mind from falling into suffering states, and to bring the mind back again and again to, to the present moment. The second part is to keep the mind in the present moment. Once the mind is there, is to develop this experience of the present moment in this. Uh, understanding of the the experience, which we're uh, which is going on inside of us, and so that then the third part is the realization and the understanding of this experience, the understanding of um, good things and bad things, and the the understanding of things as they are, so that we don't then uh, become confused or or misunderstand these things, so that we don't ever have to get angry about These things Or get uh, addicted to these things Once we understand them for what they are Then all of our greed and our addiction And our anger and our frustration Simply disappears We see that it has no bearing on reality That actually everything that comes And arises (coughs) In our experience uh, Simply fades away After a short time And has no uh, Intrinsic good or bad quality to it It simply is for what it is and when we're able to see this then uh, our minds are we, see we live our lives you know, in a pure state of mind without all of these judging or, or uh, discomfort or, or suffering. We're simply able to see things for what they are. This is, this is the, the consummation of the Buddha's teaching. Once we have wisdom then there right, we have freedom. The mind becomes free of all sorts of suffering states because we don't follow after things, we don't uh, become upset or confused or deluded by the objects of our experience. So this is um, something just to help people understand what it is that we're doing here, that we're not simply uh, coming to sit and feel peaceful for a while, we're coming to really learn about ourselves and really to to see the problem that we have inside and understand more about it—about what it is that's causing us suffering, and what we have to do to overcome this—and so we slowly, slowly uh, change who we are and make ourselves a more peaceful, more happy, uh, more free uh, person, sort of being. This is the this is the, the the path which the Lord Buddha taught, and this is the Dhamma for today. So now. Uh, Everyone please continue to practice and uh, at 3 o'clock we start reporting.